0: The Big Red Couch, a podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pictures to you.
1: Welcome, gentle listeners of The Big Red Couch, to this episode, episode 159, for which we have the prompt provided by our faithful listener, John Rea of The Apartments of Catan, and our regular hosts and joining us today is myself ben pronouns he him and over in Merry old england we have
0: craig who also has pronouns that are also he him
1: very original it's... <laughs> don't know why i felt i needed to be catty at that point
0: i look i can invent some new pronouns uh, if you like but to be honest there, there are enough of them out there i feel like i, I should just be able to look some up
1: that that is fair just google it is is a is great advice and we are we are doing this episode to have a guest and dialing in all the way from sydney we have terry hi
2: everyone Honored is maybe a, a strong word it's uh i guess good morning craig and good uh, evening ben i'm a um a gamer from old and uh currently playing in ben's blades of the dark game so I thought I'd uh, chip in and...
1: Yes, Terry and I played games back in the mid-90s, so yes, we've been on this hobby of ours for a little while, so it's great to have you along with us and... uh, It's been a while. It has. Well, thanks for inviting me. You are are most welcome. It is our very, very slow but uh, fond wish to get a little bit more, slightly more, I realise, diversity... (laughs) <laughs> another gen x guy excellent this will be great um into the uh thing because it does that just, uh, just sound like a couple of um mad old men rattling along so welcome to the club i guess
2: well what's what's better than two mad old men than three mad old men so Ooh,
0: excellent wasn't that basically the setup for last of the summer wine absolutely i'm clegg by the way i always have been
1: that's a cut for people who like very gentle geriatric English comedy. I'm trying to come up with an
0: argument um, against it, and
1: I really can't. Mm. It's lovely, and they those old fools get into lots of odd adventures.
0: All right, so we should probably do an episode we since should, we're all here we anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: so, so I should do the rules because we've been trying to articulate what the hell we do. And make it clear to people like Terry, so they can have the faintest, well, engage in this weird kind of head butting competition, it, like a an unequal footing. Otherwise, it's just not very sporting. The sportsmanship, head butting competitions.
0: We are, after all, professionals.
1: <coughs> indeed, indeed. All right. So, as as we do every episode, we draw a prompt selected by our vast and seething audience from a list of random, weird, just phrases gathered from across the internet, and we try and come up with a game pitch that we think some players, who are quite fictional at this point, would like to play. As part of this endeavor, we tie in a a topic, just for a little bit of extra challenge and chaos, and because, you know, there's all those favorite gaming bugbears out there that we should really, really address, because they're important and we love bitching about. And then we talk about them, and see if we can make them... Better, stronger, faster, or less stupid? Sometimes all of the above. So, leading us off, Craig is going to pitch his idea for the Apartments of Qatar, which I believe was inspired by a very, very locked-down Gary's Mod video done by a bunch of YouTubers, so...
0: Huh. Okay. All right, well, I I ended up with an enormous number of literary references for this one, so... um. Check check the show notes for links, basically. But what what this called to mind almost immediately was a short story by Bruce Sterling called The Bicycle Repairman, which, unsurprisingly, revolves around a bicycle repairman who is living in basically an anarchist commune in a burned-out section of a very big apartment structure. I couldn't quite make, make an entire game about that uh, it's it's a very sort of social and political short story because it's Bruce Sterling and that's kind of what he writes. I should point out that I've never actually played Apartments uh, Apartments or Settlers of Catan. I played Spacefarers of Catan a couple of times, but I've never played never played Settlers. I've seen it played a few times at parties and generally gone the other way. So I know it. <laughs> I, I, I know the I've got wood for your sheep joke. I I know there's something about people stealing things and hexagons play a part. That's basically what I'm working with here. Based on my very hazy understanding of the game that we're talking about, and a quick Wikipedia search, I basically decided that what what this calls to my mind is people exploring and colonising an apartment building, which clearly doesn't make a huge amount of sense, so I had to wrap some stuff around it to make it work. Which is where a lot of these other um, mu- uh, sort of Uh, references and stories and the like come in so some sort of disaster was looming and everybody headed into the bunkers with the expectation that the the outside world was going to be mostly destroyed and they would they would they would emerge and and recolonize now maybe these are kind of the we have lived underground for generations and have forgotten the the sight of the sun or maybe this was just a okay we've popped the lids on the um, hibernation chambers and we're good to go doesn't really matter that much either way, though... Actually, I'm not sure which one would be more fun. It probably comes down to the, the, the players in question. And so, people exit the bunker, presumably probably having to tunnel their way through a bunch of debris that's piled on on top of it, and discover not a blasted wasteland, not a inexplicably filled with dinosaurs jungle, courtesy of Cadillacs and dinosaurs uh, slash Xenozoic tales. They're in... garden area outside a massive apartment complex and we're talking sort of mega structure massive here thousand floors or so clearly abandoned clearly damaged by to some extent by whatever the hell the disaster that people were trying to avoid was but still very much standing and once people are exploring it it's a vertical city it's got all of the stuff that one would expect in an apartment building but also in a city, it's got shops, it's got schools, it's got workplaces and the like. The game itself is basically the the story of exploring and colonizing that thing, and trying to figure out how the hell it came to be there in the first place. So the tech is the tech is advanced, but not incomprehensibly advanced. I've got more than enough games sitting on the the virtual bookshelf that have. Basically, players having to pretend not to understand what an escalator or an elevator or a light switch is in order to make the game work. This isn't one of those. The technology, the technological um, sort of advancement has occurred, but it's not incomprehensible. An elevator, yeah, it might be running on some sort of maglev and it might be some sort of bizarre sort of continuous loop paternoster thing, but it's still basically an elevator. You can understand what it is. Uh, the light switches, yeah, you might not understand. Uh, how the hell the power system works, but you can tell that it's a power system. This kind of thing. In terms of in terms of system, um I know there's a second edition of this out there, but I don't have I have a copy of it. Uh, there's game game Legacy, which is one of the powered by the apocalypse games, which is all about sort of heroes out there exploring, but also their tribe slash community. And very much has a sort of a generational approach. I might want to modify that and maybe maybe drag it down so that you're not sort of colonising an apartment block over multiple generations because that seems really really boring. But um, if you at least did it over, know yeah, we check in fi- in five years' time. Now in ten years' time, yeah, who else is out there? Somebody else must be out there. And what the hell happened? That's kind of what I'm I'm going with. That that basically is the pitch.
2: Cool So one question for you Craig is is what is it on the outside that keeps people in the building do you think and would what, whatever that is encroach on the building hmm
0: I honestly hadn't thought I'd kind of I'd been imagining this as kind of the yeah you know, whatever the disaster is has passed but that has, that that is an interesting idea the idea that whatever, yeah whatever it is there's still something out there. To, hmm. to give you the the, the the reason to, as it were, stay in the structure. That's quite fun.
2: Did you envisage a kind of siege, kind of where, where people are desperately trying to colonize as something is fighting
0: its way up, up through the lower floors? Ooh. No, I definitely hadn't thought of it in that way, but that's a really <laughs> interesting tack on it.
1: Yeah, drive a, a survival aspect to it. That's quite fun. I mean, it simply could be that it's the only feature in the environment that isn't ruins. I, I'm getting I get the, the picture that, you know, somebody left a paint can full of, like, skyscraper-building nanobots sitting on a, on, a, on a desk somewhere. Everyone went underground, and it got knocked over by whatever asteroid shower. It's been patiently sitting there building um, floors ever since. But you know everything and you know that's why everything is slightly slightly more modern than what they're used to downstairs because that could have been from a previous like generation you know just one or two like say the fallout shelters from the the like the middle of last century but this stuff is like up to date and really good and but it's also the only thing that is new enough and 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 strong enough to have survived the ongoing encroachment hmm
2: I, I like that, and that could be a good idea to have kind of different levels of tech throughout the building because depending on how well the nanobots did, or, or you know, at higher levels they may have upgraded themselves.
0: Nice if they sort of yeah they'd started to figure out ah okay this actually works better let's let's do it this way from now on nice very nice and it does keep them in the damn scenario. <laughs> yes, it, it, well, it, yeah, maybe maybe it's the
1: only thing that's there.
0: What I'm, what I'm imagining is, um, yeah, this is not This is not sort of you're in the garden of a, a Warhammer 40k hive city or one of the, or sort of the other yeah, Kowloon walled city, but high, higher tech kind of thing. This is, this is functionally a building. It was built on the idea that people like to see the outside world. So there's probably a shitload of balconies or at least windows where there were probably glass at some point. And yeah, maybe there's the odd one where there still is. And it's mm. just this... It's the ridiculous scale of the thing. Uh, I mean, well, there's a there's a story that I reference way more often than I should on this. Uh, a J.G. Ballard piece, report on an unidentified space station, which is... Mm. It's a very short story. It has a, a damaged spaceship putting into this unidentified space station for repairs and sort of thinking, oh, okay, this is some sort of transit station. This is clearly a transit lounge. And then as they explore further and further, they find, yeah, it's a transit lounge. It's a really big transit lounge. And just the more they explore, the bigger they realize the damn thing is. And it's, it's a classic sort of big dumb object sort of story because they never have a clue why the damn thing exists or why it's bit this big or indeed how anybody could possibly navigate their way around miles and miles of transit lounge, but they're kind of stuck with it. And this would be the same, the same sort of thing. You know, this is a ridiculously large building. Why? But also, hey, it's the only thing standing. And it's not the damn
1: bunker. Mm. I make one observation about using the, the term colonizing, because this is, to be fair, exploration. You're not displacing folks at this point. Effectively, it's, it's a little bit archaeology, but the wrong technological direction so you're not displacing folks you're figuring how this device which is like a machine for living works and going through that process it is it's less about the the bad old days so there is something to be to be understood there so it's so it's about adapting and inhabiting an environment and finding out how it works the idea also i quite like the like your notion terry that the nanobots have been have been improving and and incrementing on stuff and they've got some baseline rules but they haven't had any like qa for a while so the further you (laughs) go up everything starts to get a little bit wonky not quite you know it wouldn't be the first thing a person would decide and some things are like that's actually super clever and efficient it's like yeah toilets don't work that way kind of thing
2: yes and it could be that the machines you know have some base requirements and they have to interpret what people need. And sometimes mm. that might work and sometimes it would be crazy. But, but on, your, on your point of colonising, I mean, uh, the question is what, what is in the building? You know, what's, what's occupied yeah. it over those thousands of years while the people are in the bunker? It, it could be that there's something living
0: in the building already. I do like the idea that there, there should be something or ideally, ideally someone in the building. Basically just so that they have somebody to meet. Possibly to go to horrifying apartment-level war with, but also just somebody to meet. I mean, if there's also a way of having a dinosaur running down one of the corridors, that would be fine too. Cadillacs and dinosaurs was 100% a thing. I never got to play that game, and I'm still bitter.
1: Ah, uh, it was GDW. You you played it at some point during your, your career.
2: And it's your game concept, so you can absolutely have dinosaurs. Yeah, it
1: totally absolutely. Dinosaurs. It, it feels quite judge Dredd. in fact i'd be shocked if they hadn't done a thing where somebody woke up in the basement of a a mega city one block and has gone oh my goodness the future what's happened to the world after you know after generations and presumably been shot by justice joseph Dredd, as because it's his interaction with pretty much all of the people in the stories the other point of contact is a series i've seen a couple of episodes called tribes of europa where there are you know some bullshit went down in Germany. There are folks roaming around. One of them are you know, a bunch of sort of like back to back to the land kind of sort of hippie folks. There's some folks who seem a little bit more like a little bit little like serious LARPers. and they seem to be in contention with a bunch a bunch of folks in the city who listen to a lot of Rammstein without any irony. <laughs> oh. oh that's not yeah. good. That's not good at all. <laughs> so yeah. Um it's Pretty violent, but um, yeah, it, it's one of those ones we've gone. Do we want to watch some more of that? Yeah, but it has that that post-apocalypse feel? Again, the idea that also that that there is some other presence outside that may even be like leaning a bit of pressure on. Oh yeah, we should definitely go inside and check out this this weird building. Also, there are things out there that we should probably want to avoid. So, yeah.
2: And I guess you could have the other challenge, in that, you know, there's more than one bunker which is opened up, and some of them are perhaps not so civilized as others.
1: Hey, a land, a land rush is a land rush, regardless. Yeah, that could be. That could. Yeah, that actually could be quite quite a bit more humanized, but also quite ghastly in the kinds of competition that we get up to.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It would fit nicely into the, the legacy. Uh... Framework, as it were, so yeah, that also if you do go with the whole thing of yeah oh we we tend to avoid that area that's that's where some of the the more terrifying monsters live in the apartment building It's it like, when scary things are hiding from the outside world, shouldn't we be asking more questions about the outside world? <laughs> yeah yeah just
2: just invite them to over over for biscuits and tea at some point, and you know sh- see if you can find a way to get along.
1: <laughs> It'll be fine. It's like the th- the th- the third point of the triangle between Dungeons and Dragons, where all the creatures hide underground from the terrifying murder tourists. Earth Dawn, where the people hide in bunkers because of all the creatures roaming the earth.
0: This is kind of somewhere in the middle, at a weird angle. <laughs> you the eventual future of the setting where you have this, you, where you have the horrifying, um, yeah, you know, the horrifying monsters who sort of live on one at one end of the hall the various tribes of humans who live at the other, the whatever the hell it is outside that is, is keeping them there, just sort of wandering down, here, go, sup, rah, as they pass on <laughs> the way to work.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Basically the dungeon ecology, but with a nicer view.
2: Exactly, and have a passive-aggressive uh, conversation about who's putting the rubbish out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one wants to go into yeah. the basement. It's just too scary down there.
0: You have to, otherwise, it, yeah. The thing with the tentacles is absolutely charming. It tried to eat my leg. <laughs> so, so yes, that was that was my idea.
1: Okay, awesome, brilliant. Terry, do you have a pitch for us?
2: Indeed, I do. Now, unlike Craig, I have played uh, Settlers of Catan quite a lot, so I kind of mulled over a few ideas and ended up really leaning into the game. So, I, I present to you a world where gods exist, and they are fickle gods. It's kind of it's like the Greek world where people know. Uh, the gods exist, but they completely depend on the gods for survival kind of the 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 earth yield, yields nothing uh, unless the gods uh, agree to it right so it's hard to know where you get uh, you know we can get goods from you know unless because it's completely random so now the other oddity of the world is uh it's a world where magic exists it's um very focused it's it's transformation magic so you take the the raw goods that uh the gods bless and allow you to to gather and using kind of the ancient rituals pass through the the mystical guilds uh, the majors learn how to transform two sheep in a wood into a plumbing system or a wagon or something else
1: Ah. Uh-huh.
2: now where there are gods there is there's religion and so uh you know of course there's there'll be a priest class uh running around uh praying to the gods and and, and trying to get good, more things so as well as majors and, and, and priests, you've also got kind of, classes of, of workers, are the people that kind of, gather the goods when they finally appear, and you've got soldiers, because you know, it would be a fairly uh, mercenary society, I think. And then there'd be a class of seer. Those are the ones that uh, can understand the fickle whims of the gods and maybe know where the goods are likely to next turn up of so everyone's got a, a vital role in the society but there'll be a lot of tension between kind of the different groups and guilds but on top of this you've got kind of the organizations or, or as I uh, call them the apartments you know the the, the corpse basically uh, live in large buildings and they've got members from all the different kind of classes there to so they know where the goods are going to occur they can transform them and you know put the soldiers to protect themselves so and there's you know a number of different kind of uh of these apartments of different sizes around of of people living together so that's that's kind of the the concept there
1: Hmm, okay where would the players fit into this very alarming and capricious sounding world
2: (laughs) well the the players would 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 take up one of the roles of, of of the classes you know they'd either be a priest praying to the gods to um try and try and get good goods to turn up you know they could be a soldier you know working for you know one of the apartments they could be one of the the workers that go out there uh, you know into the woods to get the wood when when the gods finally allow them to take wood from the woods or it could be one of the highly prized seers or or, or majors okay you know and, and these individuals are you know because they'd be guilds for, for all these groups they're not just uh, stuck in the apartment they're in you know there is there is a way you know horizontal movement to a way to move to other apartments or Leverage that can be applied to um, the, the rulers of the apartments. Hmm. You don't want to get get the uh, the majors offside, otherwise they ain't do, doing any uh, research for you.
1: And what's the format of the the, the well the binding notion of the the team that the the, the the players are in? Is it like because it does sound like it could be like a Legend of the Five Rings or Vampire the Masquerade style? Ooh, we've all got affiliations that that mean that we are. At odds with one another, but we've got to work together. Thing, what's the uh, what's the binding principle? Because I see you've hit the the classes topic, like squarely on the head, which is good work. But how do you keep the players from just flinging off into random directions?
2: Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. Now, the, you know, my thought is there would be, as I said, these these kind of apartments or mercenary groups of of different sizes, mm-hmm. and there would also be multiple guilds individual groups of different sizes so there's not just one majors group there are many so uh, and you know and they may work with each other or they may compete you know to find the mystical ritual to to make a dvd player out of three sheep and uh, and some more ah the good old days <laughs> so, so so you know the, the way to insert a, a party would there would be you know they could work for one of the minor uh, minor apartments or minor guilds Uh, to try and uh, climb the climb the ladder
1: okay so yeah they've got some sort of patron or or organization they work they're working directly for at the moment but it sounds like you're you're setting up like a, a whole galaxy of splat books and things where people could you could do something which like uh we're we're like a party of all seers and we're doing this weird thing or you know we're this is this is like a group that that's come together from these two houses and there's tension between them but we we have to work together through this this particular job so it, that, that's that's it's actually quite a um a bigger framework stuff because often we talk about really specific or at least i do that's my it's kind of my jam but no it's it's really good to hear the the good old-fashioned very, very very sensible and business savvy of you oh you're going to you're going to want to choose from one of these 17 soft cover splat books with the great art on the front to choose the, the exact clan or you know the exact guild or apartment do you want to work for
0: <laughs> well I- exactly it. does anybody have mark reinhagen's number <laughs>
2: so you know I, I think there's a there's a lot of options in this game you know you could either be very mm. political you know the, the guilds versus the apartments or guilds versus guilds or it could be you know you get a good old go out there you know escort the uh, escort the workers to to get some sheep and and you know fight off the other apartments or it could kind of be something in between
0: so hmm I'm, I'm glad ben's out the the vampire analogy because I'd also sort of thought of the, okay, you can have fun with the, the conflicting... Sort of everybody's everybody's there to do a job, but because they're coming from different guilds, they've got different, sort of, slightly different takes. But the best thing I'd, I'd been able to come up with was paranoia, which I feel isn't the right vibe for this. It would be funny, but it's the wrong vibe.
1: Is a little friend computer in there?
0: Yeah, um... <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's more friend hera but that's even worse.
0: Yeah, and the, I quite like this because, yeah, if your if your particular apartment doesn't happen to have a a, a seer, well then you're not going to go know where Stuff uh, stuff is going to turn up, unless you come up with a way of just spying on one of the ones that does.
2: Exactly, you might not have the people, but you can just follow the other groups. You know, if they've got good seers, mm. or maybe maybe you just build up and within your apartment lots of priests who can. to the gods and make it more likely that it will just appear somewhere nice you know i guess at the 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 high level there's a couple of different ways you know the apartments can uh thrive
0: Hmm. and of
2: course you know everyone keeps the majors on side because you know they're the ones that actually uh you know turn the the the, the raw materials into to what they want and more importantly they're the ones that uh you know doing, doing the research on arcane rituals to to work out how to make new
0: things that's pretty cool Especially because in this context, I'm going to assume that the gods are basically the people playing Settlers of Qatar. Well, exactly. Which is a nice ego boost for yeah, anybody playing the board game. So, yeah,
1: woohoo. Uh, the filthy Eurogames players. Dear, oh, dear.
2: <laughs> and, and, and I guess that, that's a question, you know, do you have a god or, or different gods? And that, that applies just more, you know, interesting tension or levers in the game.
0: Ooh. Yeah, is the, is the, if the God is not the fickle fate of which way did the dice roll and which resource do we get, but.
2: Uh. It could be, you know, you, you, my, my God has, is, is, uh, you know, a lot more dogma than yours and uh, it uh, it provides for us more. Convert to our side.
0: Come to the dark side, we have cookies. Yeah, nice. Or, or we have sheep. less <laughs> said about that, the better, but yes. Wait a minute, does this mean New Zealand is basically the dark side? Yeah. You're not meant to tell people. We do have a lot of sheep. At least the last time I checked there were a lot of sheep. I'm assuming they're still there.
1: It's hard to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all sort of like mobile intercontinental ballistic missiles described with um, sheepskins, you know. It's actually see, the <laughs> mad hermit state in full effect.
0: I'm, I'm now just trying to imagine New Zealand as North Korea and it's really not working. <laughs> it's not
1: very convincing.
0: That's, that's fun. I like that idea. That's... We've got a lot of time for that idea. That's quite fun. I have no useful awesome. comments to make, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's alright. No, that's that's cool. Now, if you
1: like I say, my the my antenna goes up when I'm going, Okay, these people have, will have different agendas and stuff to, to that's going on. How do we get them to work together? Because often that sort of when there's that sort of variety of stuff in front of you, people will go, Oh, I wanna be a thing and everyone else is going, um that thing is antithetical or at least annoying to deal with for all of our characters. <laughs> so, yeah, that, but, that's, you know, that's cool.
2: a, 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 a lot of that, of course, is, is driven by your GM, though. You know, they, they can, you know, create a, a driver to, to keep the players working together, even if they've got kind of different individual motivations. You know, there's always maybe the greater good or the impending mm. threat.
0: And this one does have the sort of every, for want of a better word, character class is actually important in the process there's no one there are no bards
2: <laughs> i was about to say exactly the same thing no one gets to play the bard.
0: <laughs> oh, there,
1: there might be a there might be a um role for somebody who bards but yes they could definitely they could almost be a uh they're like one of the one of the kinds of seer to you know make placating noises in the general directions of the people rolling <laughs> the dice yeah that's cool oh, thank you too that's uh an interesting and different perspective on the the Wicked Wicked board game.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, yes, as I said, I did lean fairly hard into the uh, into the game for this concept.
1: No,
0: absolutely, absolutely. It's also kind of fun. From the I've I've read any number of stories of varying levels of quality about war games and the like, as seen from the characters' point of view. Board game is a new one. Hmm. You can monetize anything these days. (laughs) Yeah. Truly, the Battleship movie taught us well. Ugh. Yes. Shudder. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should I plow on with my pitch? You you should, before Terry and I start arguing about the Battleship movie.
1: (laughs) Indeed, indeed. That would be terrible.
2: I I don't think we'd argue a lot. (laughs) It was appalling. No, it was it was worse than appalling.
1: <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you really think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. It's it's good that our guest spot we've come up with quite distinct but you know adjacent kind of ideas because that is hopefully how this kind of works. I was very much inspired by the the layout of the Settlers of Catan board, but also. Thinking about those model cities, um, tower blocks and so forth, that have been relatively successful, things like the Bilmer in Amsterdam or the Danchi apartment designs in Japan and so forth. Possibly less Milton Keynes, because that's like a running punchline. Probably isn't quite as bad as people make out, but maybe it is. So <laughs> roundabouts and wind tunnels, as we've heard. And, and delivery robots, and there's an Ikea. Well, it's, it could be, well worse i guess is not the word for it but my notion also is kind of adjacent to craze and that the idea that there is a new planned laid out series of um, apartment complexes they're pretty large all of their the land the blocks of land are arranged in hexes tessellated in a way because you can't say that they're in a grid or anything because that makes it, it sounds very confusing and that this has been planned and optimized by a series of algorithm studies and stuff that they've fed into this each of the each of the blocks has been set up with a caretaker AI and people working for the system the, the system but it was laid out by an external force and there may have been something deliberately either it is it the, the design is opaque to the people working there and inhabiting the place or it has been subtly sabotaged or or mucked with because it's just a little bit of out of kilter and it's in that stage where they've managed to 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 fabricate the buildings and and you know they're all currently perfectly habitable but they haven't moved everyone in and aren't, there aren't all of the the businesses and the um the the amenities aren't just spontaneously keeping themselves going and if this during the, like the initial phase you know everything is like the that you know the grass hasn't like completely come in and the trees are all little saplings and so forth and it isn't if you just sort of wandered out and looked around you see this place is like half empty and is looks a bit of in a shabby state so you know if, if somebody wanted to chit on it you know they, they'd have plenty of ammunition but still just trying to get started and the folks that are living there it's you know it's because it is you know high density dwelling and, and so forth there's a lot of uh, folks from the fringes of society people who don't have stuff that's uh, they don't have you know their own houses and so forth so they're trying to build a community but something is very slightly out of kilter and the play is to try and is try and remedy these issues and move things around without causing too much disruption especially while you have the opportunity to do so to make sure that the the project gets to a certain level it gets to a certain point where it can be deemed a success and is going to be continued to be supported by the larger society for some reason there is there it is isolated and and maybe it's like just a social way it's like oh you don't go there it's it's not great or some baffling things happen you know maybe the Kessler syndrome is kicked off and there's like random satellites falling out of the sky every other day and it's 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 one of the places they've yeah like just happened recently you know with your your second stage um long march 5 rocket whistling out of the um the atmosphere of the over the indian ocean and they so there is a little bit of there's a little bit of pressure there's a little bit of, of going on and the players would take the depending what you how you felt about it either the the ai administrators or their their superintendent person working to get these things to, to get these things aligned and I would actually, this, this might, could, could boil, this could come down to being like a, a, a solo game or a group collaborative game where basically you're turning over event cards and saying, okay, we've got this that we have to deal with. But there would be a, a track based, a, a track where the events would move along and certain events would go at relatively fast paced. Some things would have different sort of weights to things that you'd have to accomplish to deal with them but you would end up trying to juggle your resources to take care of these issues, saying, OK, this one we can take care of right now, but the resource is quite rare. Do we want to wait to make sure that we've got enough to deal with something else? Or, OK, we need to start dealing with this issue now. It's not crippling in any particular way, but we need we need to get early work sort of put against it. I guess this is kind of, as we were joking before off-air, this sort of project manager kind of thing, where the... Yeah, where you're trying to say all right we need to get these things done and we've got several things coming down the pipeline how do we deal with it and the the, the storytelling aspect was you know okay wh- what does this card represent i think that, i think we've been in our fiction it looks like this and how are we going to deal with it okay this is what our idea is and either they're people the, the players are people who are actually deeply invested in the the outcome possibly to the fact that they're like built into the building or something like that, like are like I, I believe we, we've recently been um, talking about Saya, the science fiction podcast, about Aeroliths dynamics, um, various satellite research stations, and their caretakers. So yeah, that so that would be the the notion that I'd come with. Anyone, how how people feel about that?
2: Well, it, it certainly attracted a lot of project managers to play in it, from uh, from what you've said. <laughs> Gotta love that bureaucracy
1: gant charts
2: exactly should be one on the, one on the uh, game set so it, it sounds like it's very it's a very questy game there's a lot of kind of things to do kind of i guess a lot of clocks uh ticking that, that the players mm. have to watch did you have any thoughts about what kind of the insidious foe would be you know is it kind of a great elder one who's twitched the ai that will the people are actually performing a a a dark ritual to summon him and not knowing that or is it something as simple as, as you know sabotage by a competitor
1: yeah i i'm thinking i'm thinking maybe this as i was looking at over planning as the as the topic it's possibly you know that this is that a lot of the the enemy is that there is a lot of focus being put on this this one project to succeed or fail and it's going to be the test case for everything remotely like it so there's more of the, possibly just the, the inflated expectations are the enemy in this particular circumstance.
0: There can be other
1: complicated factors, of course.
0: A, a question comes to mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How much of this is influenced by the current state of the Auckland property market? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only a little, and that's mostly the Kessler syndrome and hoping, you know, things fall out of the sky at great velocity and heat. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I on just just yesterday, I I, I mentioned at a party that you know, I went to a party in Hamilton, no less. That you know we were looking for a place, and I was like directly told, "Don't move to Hamilton." I was like, wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> no now, now
2: you're just showing off to the overseas listeners, going out, having parties, yeah, mingling know, with it's... people. No social distancing.
1: Going to the Tron, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So for the two people are listening to this who got that joke um. so what w- what are your thoughts about te-
2: caretaker AI which is doing this I- is is it part of the problem I- is it something that'd have to interact with or is it kind of just in-, in the street itself
1: I I think some of the the ways that the the caretaker AI does stuff I mean if it was a play it would have a, you know like immense powers in some areas and then be completely blind or unable to deal with some sorts of things so yeah and so it might be if if you know the ai was was trying to do the wrong sorts of things you could i mean if you wanted to you know go full bore like the jg ballard high-rise thing or something so you could make it quite paranoia-esque and dystopian but i think this is more of a collectively you're right i am pitching something with a really nebulous sort of kind of threat there's no mountain ring dark lord kind of deal
2: no it's just having having read and all your on your status charts kind of the, the the foe here
1: yeah yeah kind of and i mean you can inadvertently make choices to make things worse and I'm, that's something i'm quite keen on in games is like how would i deal? yeah how would we deal with this and how did I, And and sort of electing the way that you kind of messed it up for yourself because that's 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 a storytelling device that I'm quite keen on.
0: This doesn't quite fit into the into the area of games where the characters are sort of wound up and pointed at each other, but hmm. certainly being able being able to set it up so that sure they've all got a common objective of get the thing done, but with with a certain benefits or um, yeah sort of mechanical advantage at times to i can get my things done but it's going to completely fuck over that guy how much do i care
1: Mm. and you know it's it's a joint objective for the players but to you know that may not may not be as joint objective for the characters so Mm. yep that's that's valid
0: system i mean this this screams custom system
1: yeah (laughs) i keep doing this to myself
0: and and do you do you
2: see mystery playing a lot, of, uh, the mystery of why things are going wrong, as part of the game, or is it just about fixing what goes wrong?
1: That's a, that's an interesting call. Maybe I mean, normally discovering what's you know what is the the cause of the the sinister plot and the conspiracy, you can do something about it. But it might be the situation where the sinister plot is so so systemic and maybe it's just a distrust of the people who have gone of this new technology or the people who have been provided with a place and you know because you know people are dreadful they assume that this can't possibly work
0: i was desperately trying not to laugh over the top of you i'm just imagining the bit with and the plot is nimbyism <laughs> well
1: yeah actually that's kind of the that's the it's a potential is that it would be kind of a kick in the guts, but it's like, and it's, it is literally, you know, an are we the baddies moment where you're kind of, especially if you could put like a microcosm of the issues that placed the folks in this, in the situation in the first place inside the game. So you literally, are we the baddies or it was, it was we who were the monsters all along, but in a kind of low key, not genocidal way. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah.
2: Well, that, that's a good point. It could be that that they think they're fixing problems, but in fact they're causing them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that would be an interesting thing to explore. That would be, given you know, because you know, people people rail about um, metagaming and and, and out of game knowledge and so forth, but. Driving people to like, oh yeah, yeah, your 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 city planning skills are actually really quite bad. All of the all of the tools you have are different different grades of hammer.
0: <laughs> Go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperately trying not to turn this into Auckland property market, the RPG, and it's not working.
1: Yeah, let's not talk about that. This whole experience has made me excruciatingly boring, and to the degree that <laughs> I am aware of it. So. Well, I, cool. I, I was
2: thinking this this game could, in fact, be a kind of a training tool for uh, for wannabe project managers. You know, you've got your your planning charts, your status reports. Yep. they'd love it. Good
0: old
1: Gantt chart. Yeah, I, it, that sounds like an interesting <laughs> approach to make it into an educational tool. But the only time I've done in any project management was when I was tricked into it by the best project manager I have ever met. <laughs>
2: Uh, you were doing it and didn't even realize until the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hats off to him. <laughs> he's a like, good. Oh yeah. He, oh, I got to get my technical resources to do <laughs> do some like this part of my project for me. Fucking genius, and he's you know. Oh, ah, yeah. I
2: like that. No, 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 no. You're not project managing Ben, but can you just arrange for these tasks to occur and fill in <laughs> fill out these reports? No, this is definitely not project management. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I gotta say I. I, I much respect for the gentleman in question. Tiny bit of, you know, I got played, but it was well done. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Um. I think that's any 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 closing thoughts on that idea? I I guess it falls under the over planning I um, topic quite squarely there, which is which is nice.
2: Yeah. It feels like it'd make a, a really good board game, actually. Kind of the way you've described it. Weird, eh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it might it, it might be a role playing game with boardy elements, and I'm spelling that with a with a O W A R D. But yeah,
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, it would certainly be the elements.
2: Certainly, the first game in uh, in history to have a Gantt chart and a stairs report in the players' uh, equipment. <laughs> <Yes.
1: sighs> that could be Roll for um, PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: that's natural 20 on presentation success high fives all around everyone
1: yes. <laughs> plus Yes. 50 budget allotment roll again at a, a, a minus seven in, th- in nine months time <sighs> yep 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 cool so enough of <laughs> enough of that <laughs> i'm i'm not sure i like
0: where that's going <laughs> i i'm a huge fan of where that was going i was i was just trying to come up with more of them and then realized that was not a good idea yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: And we have contributions from the fabled internet pen
0: of John. John who is responsible for this this prompt. He bears the guilt of this one. Has has written us a suggestion. So, here's his pitch. 3 to 4 players. It's Kitan to crying out loud. Play characters that moved into the old brownstone building with the eponymous name of Kitan Apartments on the same day. It was a bit of a kerfuffle but it was a great way for everyone to get to know each other. Interestingly enough, they're the only residents in the building, so they have the choice of which apartments they can move into. The apartments are nice, they have a package dropped by the front door, which gets uh, starts to get use immediately after they move in their last bit of furniture. Only one resident gets a pile of board and a pallet of clay pavers. Another also got wood and a bale of hay. One lucky resident also got a hay bale and a sheep. The last one ended up with sheep, and a stone block. Phone calls to the manager and you get a recorded message. Luckily for those with sheep, there's a place to keep them, so it's only the problem of their continued buying. After the vehicles are parked and the movers are paid off, and the moving debris is put into the dumpster, the fun begins. Once they settle into their apartments, with or without a sheep, they discover that the hallway floors have disappeared. They now have to find a way to get to the other locations of the building without falling to their doom below. Luckily, the package delivery works, so groceries and meals can be delivered, but how to get out? The one resident with wood and pavers finds that he can use them to make a hallway floor, and thus they find themselves playing Catan in real life. If they explore the rooms next to them, they find that one has endless fields with sheep dotting the hills, another has fields of wheat stretching to the horizon, another is a forest, one is a red clay bog, another is a mountain crag. The goal is to claim an apartment and gather more resources to ultimately get the hell out of this apartment with your deposit intact. Every hour of the waking day, a new delivery is made to your apartment. Unbidden, you may have another sheep to tend to, more wooden planks, or adding to your ever-growing pile of hay bales. Also there's an online store that lets you buy things like new hallways and the like, or to trade them with the other resident. You just have to get enough of something to trade for them, put it in the package, Drop, and it'll get delivered. Anyone got wood for sheep? Oh, and did I mention the creepy guy that comes around and steals from you if you have too much of anything? Oh, and he can send one of your stockpiled items to another resident if he wants. And since this is an RPG, you can add other interesting bits to that. You can drive the creepy guy away. Parkour your way to another room without a floor. It's up to the GM as to what they want to add to the setting. Rules, something freeform. Inspiration, house to the second story.
1: Oh, my. Goodness, that is creepy and surreal. And I've never lived in an apartment. that's stressing me out. How are you guys doing? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Eh, it's not that bad. Oh. Um, <laughs> and the idea of the floors disappearing is creepy and weird.
2: Yeah, so it, it kind of feels like it, it's definitely a cooperative kind of escape game.
1: Huh? Yeah, almost set it up as like an escape room kind of puzzle problem-solving game.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, exactly that. Because you know, uh, certainly you know, there, there's no competition between the players, and there's no reason not to work together. Well, so you'd kind longest, of, road. I, I, longest road. Longest <laughs> road. Well, Yeah, longest hallway, really. But you know, if, you, yeah, if your yeah. motivation is to escape, I think you know you'd, you'd collect, quickly start uh, working together and, and, and combining your your resources you know to overcome i guess the, the various pu- puzzles in the building
0: yeah yeah you want this you want this to be more cabin in the woods and less cube less cube yeah that was what i was yeah. that was what i was <laughs>
1: with the the mem- the sense memory was triggering it's like oh no they're <laughs> trapped inside this this terrifying board game yeah
2: hmm
1: fascinating though Again, it would be one of those comp- like competition, convention games where you, where you sit down, you go, oh, right, we're moving into an apartment. Hey, we're, we're playing happy-go-lucky folks moving in. Oh, goodness, what's this? Ah, right, we're stuck
0: inside a board game. <laughs> where did the floors go? Why do I have a sheep? Uh, but,
2: but that is, is a good point. You know, How, how do you want to spin it? Do you want to go cube where you know every room is its own challenge or, or your cabin know, in the woods where these kind of external threats hmm that that you have to overcome that randomly turn up so you know there's a couple of ways to kind of spin this
0: indeed i just gut feeling on this one i i i would tend i would tend to want it to be at least a bit cooperative Mm. and there's going to be a certain amount of i mean the entire thing is set up for trading between trading between people to get things done but yeah i'd want it to be a at, at least a little bit cooperative Oddly enough, it's putting me in mind of zombie cinema. Yeah? Oh, Not, not so much from the, uh, the horrifying being pursued by zombies, but more from the point of view of... Because what you tend to end up with in that game, from the, the various times I've played it, is the players kind of stretched out along a spectrum of risk. That mm. you've got some people who are doing really well, and unless things go horribly wrong, they are going to make it. And then you've got the people at the back who are probably going to get eaten by zombies... But the people at the front can help them, but they're sacrificing a certain amount of their own safe position to do it. Hmm. And that, without the zombies, kind of puts me in mind of... Um, puts me in mind of... I mean, I'm assuming that Catan has some sort of point scoring system. Yeah, well, it's not the sort of the, you get to the last hex and then roll a 12, kind of, and win the game kind of thing?
2: No, no, it's it's, it's all points. So you've got kind of things you build in the game gives you points and when you hit the point threshold you're uh the victor gotcha but i guess in this case it's all about escaping the building so it it really feel does feel like it's a cooperative game um you've all got a kind of a common goal there Hmm. in fact you're Hmm. you're penalized by not working together
1: yeah maybe the the cooperative competition aspect could be i saved your ass that one time kind of thing but yeah, that's uh, because, you know, you, if, unless you're playing the, the brutally cutthroat sort of melodrama side of it, it could be, uh, yeah, it, that would make a little bit more sense than like having people falling to their doom in the um, bottomless always. <laughs> hmm.
2: <laughs> yes. And still the, the unnecessary paranoia you've got in some of those, um, the zombie movies where you just don't trust
1: anyone. Hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... I'd like it to be the we're all in it together kind of thing. Cool. That's a weird one, John. Wasn't
0: expecting that one. <laughs> it really has up Yeah, That that, that, that was a good one. That, that really did up the game as far as, man, what? But That's fun. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a very entertaining convention game. Especially if you could make it a, a little bit
1: tactile, have some elements of the game. It was like, all oh, right, we're doing this over here. We're putting these things together.
0: And add a little bit of the puzzle element. I was just imagining imagining something sort of maybe not constructed out of Jenga blocks because yeah those things aren't that stable. But yeah, something something where you could move stuff around in the middle of the table, and that's called Dread. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, if if it was going to be a convention
2: game, you could get a bit more wild and actually have physical puzzles that the the, the players themselves have to solve mm. to get from kind of one roped off area to another.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's getting all very trustful kind of assault course stuff
0: for them now. Like <laughs> the thing where you've got to interlock two forks and balance them on a matchstick or something. Yeah,
2: exactly. Or the or the th- thief gets you and steals all your goods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, we have.
1: I think we have exited the role playing games competition, and we've we are doing well at this point. So I think we are up to the epic and monumentous scoring round now everyone gets a vote you can vote for your own idea if you feel that you're uh that you've outdone yourself specifically in this time at this time it's a little easier for us to judge if we've had <laughs> entries before but you know go with your heart so terry what was your favorite game to play in as a as a pitch what what what, what intrigued you the most
2: uh, unfortunately to so say yours came at the bottom of the list because i'm a project manager by trade
1: ben so um Indeed, indeed. Well, that, that yeah, that's just a that's risk I took, I guess.
2: <laughs> Playing that in a game wouldn't be too inspiring, but, um, yeah, of John and Craig's, I think Craig's was the one that really appealed to me. I think there's, you know, just kind of a lot of opportunity in, in kind of the apartment, uh, Megapocalypse, kind of exploring that.
0: Awesome. Ooh, I am victorious.
2: Well, if it's only one vote, certainly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I would be really interested in seeing more of the world that terry builds out i find that really quite intriguing and i would be i i would love to see just how much sort of sort of paper mache greek column kind of how the world interacts with these weirdly obvious sort of fraudulent kind of details i i think i think that would be a really interesting thing to see so yeah i will i'll put a vote on the the terry's pile there
2: Nick and Nick craig What's
1: dude how. <laughs> The,
2: the the tension is palpable. This isn't good. Yeah, this is
0: yeah for a game to play in. I'm having trouble deciding between John's one and and Terry's one. Ben's your much in the project management thing. Uh, it's just like uh, too close, man. Too close to home. <laughs> it's yeah. It's the same thing where people wouldn't let me watch the movie Office Space while I was working a job that I hated because they felt it would give me terrible, terrible ideas. And yeah, same same things happening. To be fair,
1: you already had those terrible ideas. We just didn't want to inflame any passions.
0: <laughs> Basically, you didn't want to have to post bail. Bingo, gotcha. Okay, all right. Nice to know. Um, so, yeah, for a convention game, John's one. For something longer running, Terry's one. Because awesome. I really want to see how that world develops.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's that's really intriguing. All right. Congratulations, Terry! You have won the fabulous role-playing podcast game show prize of three nights at the penthouse of the Nakatomi Plaza, all expenses <laughs> paid. But I would, but I wouldn't go outside, you know. That if I were you, it's uh, it's a bit of a mess.
2: Oh, that's fantastic! Take some slippers. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to see any photos.
1: <laughs> awesome!
0: All right, we had a couple of bits of actual promotional stuff from the outside world come in good grief which uh, baffled me so there was a kickstarter for a thing called delvers to grow uh, which is for the dungeon fantasy rpg which is powered by gurps now at the time that anybody is listening to this that kickstarter will have ended because as often happens the kickstart period landed with surgical goddamn precision into the gap in our schedule where we couldn't actually get something to air in time. However, I did promote it as much as I could on the feed. The other one, which I am mentioning because it just makes me laugh, was that there is a website, sort of blog article media type thing called Outside How, who build themselves as a site to help people, to help everyone embrace the outdoors. (laughs) <laughs> you can already see where the humor is coming in, but it gets better. I'm not entirely sure how the algor- how any search algorithm fired this one up, but they found our episode "Swamp Alligator Hoedown" from 2015 and what? wondered whether a wondered whether a a, a link exchange or uh, we would be interested in putting a link to their recent article on things to know before you hike the Appalachian Trail or the Appalachian Trail, depending on where you're from, would would fit in. Now, I thought this was great, and so I have edited that episode. So if you know, the, the, the careful archivists of the Big Red Couch audience, because I know you're out there, go back, they will find that there is an extra link edited in. But I said that I would also mention it on the show. I have no idea what the crossover between people who listen to a role-playing game ideas podcast game show... That's a really long sentence. And people who want to hike the Appalachian Trail is. It cannot be that big an overlap. Stereotypes exist for a reason. But if you are that person, Brian from Outside How has a very good article, I felt. A quite detailed article on, basically, things to know about hiking the Appalachian Trail. I felt it sort of fell into the category of here are the things you need to know that should scare you. Here's why they're not that scary. And there you go. Do they start with the big blue thing with the light in it? Because they assume you are familiar with the the, the, the big blue room, but they do go into a lot of things like ticks.
1: Ooh, yeah. Bears. Ooh.
2: And the insidious bear tick.
0: <laughs> 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 Sounds like a really big tick that just attaches, attaches to you and just...
1: <laughs> Yeah, or the the, the unspeakable tick bear.
0: Oh. (laughs) That just sounds like it's somebody with a clipboard just marking things off on a checklist, but they're really hairy. It's possible. Are we talking about Ben's game again? Uh, A little bit, (laughs) yeah, we sort of looped back to it. Um, It's all project management all the way down. Never goes away. I still have the nightmares about the scrum poker cards. Uh. Uh, Uh, Good times. So, there was that. Thank you for reaching out, Brian. We hope we drive many tens of listener to you. Fair enough. Cool. All right. So we should wrap
1: up the episode with our traditional, the announcement of the uh, exciting
0: prompt for next time. And what might that prompt be, Craig? That prompt coming in at a thundering three votes. I may have oversold that a little bit. Not going to lie. That comes to us from the misheard lyrics of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast, and is laser-plated hero.
1: Nice. Alrighty, so everyone knows what their options are. We have the following prompts to choose from. Cognitive Dissidence.
0: Screams in
1: the East.
2: I will be a witty man with my dangerous bottle.
1: And Dark Knight with a K. So engage in furious clicking on the internet and hopefully one of your uh, stray inputs will land on the uh, the poll page which i think we have uh, committed to making slightly more accessible it's plenty accessible it's on the internet <laughs> indeed indeed it's not it's it's not a question of if you can get to it it's if you're trying hard enough <laughs> <laughs> and that is the uh, last act of oh, big red couch, one fifty nine apartments of Katow. I would like to extend a very hearty thanks to Terry for joining us and providing us with a wonderful game
0: pitch. A wonderful and winning game pitch. Oh yeah. Well,
2: I'll, I'll certainly be enjoying my uh, my three nights in the the Nakatomi Plaza. It's something I've always dreamed of.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. I hear the service is impeccable and very European.
2: Indeed, uh, th- some reviews have said it's rather noisy though
1: yeah it's been said and thank you to my uh, co-host Craig for keeping everything strapped down and functional while we uh, plough forward into the uh, glorious future so it is
0: goodbye from myself goodbye from me and goodbye from Jerry see everyone
1: next time
0: want to hear more of our shenanigans